Man, we're so glad that you are here this morning. Uh, I don't know if recently you've ever uh, said the phrase or heard the phrase, it'll change your life. Uh, you might have heard somebody tell you, you got to go to this coffee shop, you got to try this, this, this new coffee way of things being made or a food item, and, and then they say, because if you do, it, it'll change your life. Or somebody says, hey, have you seen the new uh, tech gadget you know, that's out there, uh, the, the iPhone or the watch or whatever it may be, because if you get it, it'll change your life. Or, or maybe uh, you've uh, heard some healthy people you know, talking about this idea of going vegan. You should consider going vegan. It'll change your life for the worse. I mean, I just <laughs> throwing that out there, absolutely kidding for those of you who are vegan people. It's just interesting. Um, I got a chance this last week uh, to actually uh, drive a brand new Tesla X, a brand new Tesla X. And uh, friends and family members, you know, told me once you drive a Tesla X, it'll change your life. And it did. In fact, our offering today is going toward me getting a new Tesla X. I just want to thank you for your donations. For those of you who are not laughing or thinking, I knew it. That's what all those pastors, you know, they always get those cars and everything. Just joking. Actually, just joking. A little humor. Uh, we've all looked at things, uh, experiences, even relationships, hoping that it will improve our lives. It'll change our lives, you know, for the better. Uh, you do know that marketing uh, it does this because it's an appeal to us. Whether it's a light beer commercial or it's a car commercial, it all promises that it's going to change your life. It's going to make it better. You're going to miss out. You know, you're going to go through FOMO, fear of, you know, of missing out. If you don't experience or, or engage in or buy this product, if it didn't work, then they wouldn't do it. Uh, in fact, you may not know that there are some certain inventions that they're hoping uh, will change our lives that hasn't quite caught on yet. And I found a few of them this week. Uh, for example, for those of you, you know, who may have babies you know, or, or young, young children, and you are looking for a way to exercise a little bit further, a little bit harder while pushing your baby in the stroller, let me introduce you to the baby stroller and scooter hybrid. There it is. It'll change your life. Uh, how many dog lovers, dog lovers in the house? Right, right, all right, love, you're my people, you're my people. Uh, this next one is called the dogbrella, okay? The dogbrella. It'll change your dog's life. I mean, in this area of the country, you know, it can attach right, you know, to your dog as well. Uh, those of you who work a little bit too hard, they've come up with the flask tie. The flask tie, you know, uh, so if you need a break, you can put your six packs of root beer, you know, uh, in there just to kind of get you through the rest of the day. Uh, this latest one is the Weight Watch Belt. The Weight Watch Belt. Here's what I could tell you. The only thing that this will do is lead you to depression. So I guess, yes, it will change your life. Uh, uh, this next one I thought was genius, and it's uh, called the baby mop. The baby mop. <laughs> Moms, you're like, that's genius. <laughs> they make such a mess anyway, and they might as well have to clean it up themselves. Now, lastly, if your special someone isn't around, if there's not anybody there that can give you a hug, when you just need a hug, there is now the hug me pillow. The Hug Me Pillow, this is really an item, it's a little creepy, I'll give you that, but if you need a hug, there you go. See, the truth is that there are things, there are events, and there are circumstances that actually will change our lives forever. Now, you may not use the words, this is changing my life forever, uh, you might use the word uh, defining moments. 
defining moments. These might be accomplishments or milestones that take place, and there are certain ones of them that take place in the vast majority of our lives. And so as I was retracing you know, my own steps and looking forward to the future, I identified some things that I think we have in common. Like, for example, here's a milestone, the day you were born, okay? That's kind of a milestone, you know, there is the day, you know, not day or near it, that I was born. And I'll tell you, those are, it's my older brother. We have a younger brother as well. And those glasses are coming back in style. I will tell you that right now. Uh, maybe for some of you, or even for your parents, it was your first day of school. Okay, your first day of school. It's a defining moment for your parents. And you may not remember that, but it was a defining moment for you, leaving the house and going to school for several hours a day. Now, when my son saw this, he said, Dad, what is that you're wearing? I said, it's called a itchy, scratchy, awful turtleneck sweater. And the way that they were made back then, not pleasant. I said, well, why are you smiling? And I said, well, because my mom, your grandma, told me that if I didn't smile, I'd have to retake it over and over and over again. So definitely, definitely smiled. Uh, for most of us, you're going to go through another defining moment, which is going to be graduation of high school or college. Okay? So there is a very handsome young high school graduate behind you on the screens. Mind you, but uh, for many of you, uh, you'll experience a defining moment when you choose to say, I do. You'll actually have a wedding. And uh, I, I look at uh, our, our wedding picture that's coming up. I know it's coming up. There it is. Uh, and I look at that and I'm like, I have no idea who that young man is. But she is smoking hot. That's all, that's all I know. Uh, it, it Maybe beyond the wedding, you know another defining moment is when you have kids. And so you have kids and it changes your life, right? And you see that over and over. Now, I know not everyone has kids and the vast majority of people who don't have kids have pets, which are part of their family, right? And you have to train it and it's part of the family and you're trying to, you know, make sure that it's, that, that it's, it's well taken care of and it changes your life. And then most of us, because we live in America, you know, I have an American dream. The dream is you work to a certain age and then you finally retire. And so you're hoping to get to retirement. And so um, someone took this next photo and decided to Photoshop me, you know, just a, a little bit, you know, added a few years. But she hasn't changed a bit. That's right. Hey, if that's the way it's going to work, I'll take that, you know, okay. You know, but for most of these that I've mentioned that we have in common, part, most of them are wonderful, engaging moments. But let's be honest for a second. Some of our biggest defining moments that take place in our lives actually come through failure and tragedy, comes through loss, comes through disappointment. And if you haven't lived long, life long enough, you do know that there will be days that are much harder than others. Uh, maybe it was a day that you lost your job. You know, you weren't expecting it, weren't anticipating it, but you lost your employment. Or maybe you were a person, you know, who started a business and you got the business and it was up and going and it was up and to the right, but whether based on economy or something else, it just didn't pan out and it went under. It became a defining moment for you. For some of you, it may have been a failed relationship. You know, uh, this estrangement that may have taken place between mother and daughter or father and son or coworker, friend or neighbor. Uh, some of you, you know, have been in uh, marriages that have ended in divorce. Every divorced person I talked to has said that was a defining moment in their lives. Uh, for some of you, it might have been an addiction. You know, one that you just thought you were just having fun. You were engaging with something and then it became something that was controlling you instead of you controlling it. And maybe that's the struggle that you're in even right now. One of the most common things that all of us will experience, guaranteed, is we will have a loss of a loved one. It could be a grandparent, it could be a parent, 
could be a brother, sister, coworker, family, friend, or neighbor. And here's what I can tell you. When you go through one of those times, especially if you're close to the person who's passed away and you end up at a funeral service, the closer you are in relationship, the clearer things begin to be for just a few moments, if not a few days, about what life really is all about, what really matters. All of a sudden, that work project is just not that important anymore. All of a sudden, some of the stress and anxiety that you felt is just not important. And things become crystal clear in the immediacy of that moment. You know, some of the ones that I think through that come to my mind in terms of pain and loss is when the miscarriages that we went through. And every time, you know, we, we went through a miscarriage, it made me value the idea and the process of life, especially when we had our first child. Uh, or, or maybe it was the death of my father. You know, my, my father passed away and realizing that, you know, I was now one of the older male shields in our family. And that was a defining moment for myself. Or as I look back and was a church planner in Arizona and realized this last year, our church actually closed that we had started. It kind of made it feel like a failure, like you should have done or could have done something more. You do realize that failure and tragedy and loss awaken us to a new reality and even maybe a new worldview. In other words, you're on a specific direction. You have dreams, you have plans in your lives. And we begin to operate towards those goals and those plans and those dreams. But inevitably, what will happen in all of our lives is one of these events. There will be a situation or circumstance that will come right before you that will stop you in your tracks and will make you begin to process, am I on the right trajectory? Is the direction that God's called me or the one that I'm on in life, is it the right place? Like I said, especially when someone has passed away, is death the end or is it not? You know, it didn't just happen in our lives, but it also happened to the first followers of Jesus. You realize that they had plans, they had ideas, they had trajectories in their life. They were businessmen, they were fishermen, they were tax collectors. And all of a sudden, this guy named Jesus shows up in their lives. And he calls them, he asks them to join them in something that's greater than what they were living for. And guess what? They changed the trajectory of their lives. They left what they were doing and they chose to follow him wholeheartedly. And things were great. Oh, they weren't always easy, but it was great for about three years. I mean, they got to learn more about God. Uh, they got to see miracles. I mean, who wouldn't have wanted to see some of the miracles, you know, that we saw Jesus perform or heard about Jesus performing? Uh, th they thought that this might be not just a rabbi or teacher or a prophet, but could he be the Messiah? The, the one who would come and usher in a new kingdom. Uh, maybe the one who would overthrow the Romans and establish Israel as its own state as its own kingdom that would begin to expand. In fact, they were so confident of this, they began to argue with each other during this great time about who's the greatest. I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. In fact, they had a discussion about who would sit on Jesus' right side and left side when he ushered in this kingdom. Things were going so well and so great until the night they took Jesus away. In the middle of the night, these Judas came and, and brought these guards and they pulled Jesus away. And within a matter of a few hours, he was crucified and he died. You realize what that did to the disciples? They ran, they hid, they were petrified. I mean, which one of us wouldn't be? For if they killed the one we were following, who's to say that I'm not next? And my family as well. And I wonder if you've ever been there. If you've ever been in a moment in your life where it was very hard to think about tomorrow, let alone getting through today. Where whatever grief, whatever situation, whatever pain that you were going through, it was just hard. If you have, 
you have a little idea of what the disciples felt at that time. But then it happened. Unbeknownst to them, it began to happen. A defining moment in history that might be a defining moment in your story took place. It's Sunday morning, and Jesus has now been dead for a few days now. What happened next, they never saw coming. In fact, in our Bibles, we have four books in our Bibles. Some people would call them chapters if you've never gone through the Bible before. They would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All are accounts of Jesus' life. John happened to be one of Jesus' closest followers. I mean, Jesus had 12 of his disciples, but three were really close. Peter and John were two of those three that were really close. So from his account, here's what he tells us changed for him and so many others. In John chapter 20, verse one, it says, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. See, in the haste of taking Jesus off the cross, she was coming to actually now prepare his body. Now, the, the stone that had been put in front of it was, was it would taken several men to be able to do. In fact, the religious leaders were so worried that the disciples might come and steal his body that they actually put Roman soldiers to guard it and a seal. Anyone who broke the seal would actually be killed because the seal was broken. And so she comes upon it, and all of a sudden the stone is gone. So her response, she ran. She found Simon Peter and the other disciple the one whom Jesus loved. That always cracks me up. If you're an author and you get to write from a firsthand account, who do you think the one who Jesus loved is? John. So it's just interesting that we're reading like, here's, here's Simon Peter. You know that guy, Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And then there's the one that Jesus loved. You know, And so that's, that's recorded there as well. So then it goes on. She said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but as the other disciple outran Peter and he reached the tomb first. <laughs> that should get you just a little bit. Like for all of history, we're going to remember that John was a faster runner than Peter. It kind of proves evidence on that real people actually wrote, you know, these scripture and even inspired, you know, by God and the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know, maybe Peter was a chain smoker. I don't know, maybe, no idea. Just kidding. Absolutely kidding. He stooped and he looked in and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He noticed this, the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and he believed. For until then, they, had, they hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home, never to be the same again. You see, what started out as tragedy what started out as great failure became the cornerstone of a world-changing movement. See, here's what you have to admit. Even if you don't believe in God, even if you don't believe in who Jesus says that he was, you cannot deny the impact of this man. Start with our calendar. There's 2018. Based on what? Based on the general birth of Jesus Christ. If you go back to one and then you go to minus one, we don't say minus one. We say one BC. BC, before Christ. Uh, millions and millions of people have followed and ascribed by his teachings. Now, it's not his teachings, though, that make Jesus so special. It's not uh, even his death on the cross. Many people have died for things that they believe in. But what is the linchpin, the cornerstone of Christianity, is the resurrection. You see, the resurrection changes people's lives. Started with the first followers. 
I mean, again, they had previously been timid, shocked, afraid, fearing for their lives. And in a few short hours, they went from that to being joyful, bold, and courageous, even telling others about Jesus' resurrection, the same people who crucified and killed Jesus. Something happened. Something changed them forever. Uh, Peter's a prime example. Uh, You know, remember, as one of his closest, uh, he was the guy who denied Christ three times. I mean, when you need a friend the most, that friend, in this case, Peter, could not, even in a small crowd at night, could not admit that he even knew Jesus. And yet a few days later, he's proclaiming with such boldness and reckless abandon about who Jesus is and what he had done. Why? It's because of the resurrection. The resurrection does that for people. See, whatever you have done, whatever you've said, like Peter, you get a second, I get a second, third, fourth chance to live for him. Uh, Some people think that Christianity is a weak-minded religion. Uh, Other people, you know, would say, well, Jesus did a lot of good things. He's a good guy. We like Jesus. Uh, It's a good self-help religion. In other words, he helps people who are bad become good or people who are good people just become better. But let me be very clear. Jesus did not come to make bad people good, but he came to bring the dead to life. That's why he came. In Ephesians chapter two, verse four, it says this, but God is so rich in mercy that he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that we have been saved. See, sin is at the core of all of our destructive relationships, relationship with God or with other people. The one thing that all of us have in common, regardless of background, is that we have been immoral. We have done immoral things, or when we had the opportunity to do good things, we chose not to, which is what the Bible also calls sin. So it separates us from God. And yet God, in his grace and mercy, sends his son, dies on the cross for our sins, proved by the resurrection, and we can have, beyond ourselves, beyond any good works we can do, a connection with God, an abundant life, he calls it, on this side of eternity, but it gives us access to the other side as well. And so my question is for you this morning, what what are areas of your life that are dead that might need resurrecting? Uh, For some of us, it may be our finances are completely upside down. Do you realize that when we submit to Jesus, we submit to his way and his idea of finances, and it's funny how his way works out. Or you might have some death in relationships. I mean, your marriage may be right on the rocks, just barely hanging on, and the more you try to control it, that actually the further distance it becomes. That's our sinful nature at work. If you allow Jesus to come in and lead the way Jesus would lead, things begin to change. You could have a death of your business. And it's interesting that Jesus shows you a different way to lead, a different way to be a man or woman of faith. See, the resurrection changes everything. I saw someone post you know, online these last few weeks and they asked this question and it was answered. What's the big deal about Easter? If the tomb isn't empty, nothing matters. In other words, live it up. Do whatever you think is going to make you happy. Get all that you can from this world because as soon as you're gone, your last breath, you are gone. But if the tomb is empty, then nothing else matters. It all of a sudden becomes very clear that what I get provided for and what I could begin to live for begins to change and an opportunity to live forever. So, my final question is, what will be a defining moment in your life? Will it be today? 
Will it be something you'll look back on and say, that was the moment, that was the mark. I'm just the messenger. The choice is obviously yours. In John chapter 1, verse 10, it says this, Jesus came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. Jesus came to his own people, the Jewish people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him, to all who accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth that results from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. You get a choice to make. Will you decide to follow him? Not just attend church, not just come to a service, but say, I'm going to surrender my life to him. And here's what I can promise you. It'll change your life. In fact, if you have, we're going we're gonna to do a little activity together. And everybody's seat, you should have received one of these stickers. And it's either in the booklet or otherwise. We're going to do an all-skate activity. And so if you don't mind pulling this out, you know, right now. And while you're doing that, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back out. And as they're coming out, we're going to lead you in a song. And as they lead us in the song, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to process what does the resurrection mean to you? I mean, really, what does it mean to you? Are you someone that God may have brought you in today because of an invitation of a friend? Uh, maybe you came because you know an egg hunt's coming in a couple of hours. Uh, uh, maybe you came because lunch was going to be provided by that certain friend or someone who asked you to come to church today. But I believe that God has you here maybe for a different reason. Maybe one that's unexpected, one that could be a defining moment in your life. It was a defining moment in history. The question is, will it be a defining moment in your story?